regardless of where you stand on the matter of data science sexiness, it's simply impossible to ignore the continuing importance of data as well as our ability to analyze, organize, and contextualize them. Data are changing how our businesses and societies function. They are being used to solve a ton of interesting problems and shaping the questions we can ask of the world around us. Hi, I'm James Lee, and this is Datacast. Join me for raw conversations with practitioners from the worlds of AI, machine learning, statistics, and data science. So welcome to uh, episode number three of uh, Datacast, a podcast about uh, data science. Um, today I'm on the live with uh, Lenny Krasova. She is a social media data analyst from the Czech Republic, currently based in Prague. At the beginning of her career, she worked for Czech TV, a public broadcaster in the country, as a social media editor, but then switched quickly from marketing to the path of data analysts. Since then, she is interested more and more in data analysis of social media and online news media data with R, data privacy, and academic research in this field. She's planning to start her PhD study in the near future. So, uh, welcome to the show, Lenny. Uh, hello, and thank you for having me. One uh, very interesting thing that I found uh, from doing research on you is such that you uh, got a Bachelor of Arts degree in uh, Theatre Critics from the Academy of Performing Arts in Prague. So uh, I want to begin our conversation with that fact. So, um, you know, why were you interested in theatre and performing arts in order to study it in university? Well, um, it's an interesting question, actually, because like no one really asked me about it. But I think it was just uh, a thing of the moment when I was uh, thinking about, like, what should I do next after high school? Because I couldn't decide, and even though I have a huge like, history from uh, from being really small with computers and with programming, I kind of wanted to switch to something more um, more artistic. I think so. I actually went to a theater school and finished the bachelor's, and however, then I again switched back to to computers again. So it was just a part of my life. Mm-hmm. And I suppose, like you, um, you, you know, you learn how to um, express yourself, you know, right? Yeah, it's it's true. Actually, uh, I never thought about it uh, until I was. I mean, when I was like explaining someone what it, what was the best about um, studying theater, but as you said, I learned to express myself uh, in uh, both speech and writ- in written. Um, uh, written works and I also basically the theory of theater is just analyzing different parts of theater when you see it and name and you, you you're trying to name it so I was actually just throughout the, the studies I was developing more and more my analytical way of thinking so that was good about it for sure um, so your first job after college was in brand management for lifestyle brand called uh, Live is Porno um, yeah, it's true. Yeah, very interesting name. Uh, so how was that experience? Uh, it was fun because it was a lifestyle brand. It was uh, partially it was about producing clothes, uh, like skate-ish, style-ish things like that for extreme riders, just as skateboarders, snowboarders, uh, even kayakers and stuff like that. So it was fun to meet these types of people because it's not usually like my tribe, which is around me. And it was also uh, great for me to know more about like this um, this group of people, how like what are their interests interests are, and also about the whole like branding of of uh, like social media and how you should work with social media to promote the things you want to talk about with your audience. So that was my first marketing job actually. Mm-hmm. And so after this, you decided. Uh, to head back to university and this time pursuing a, a Master of Arts in new, ma- new Media Studies at Charles University. So can you share some the main motivation behind this decision? Well, I, like, I've always heard from
from my parents that I should have at least a master's degree uh, at the university. It was some like set rule in in our home. So, and I just wanted to learn more and be back into academia. So uh, when I was trying to figure out what would be the best program for me, a friend of mine uh, recommended me a new media studies, which as I figured out lately, it was a perfect fit for me because there were all those. It was all those things uh, I was doing throughout my life since I was a little kid. Uh, it was all together, so it was fun. So, what were some of the most interesting classes that you have taken at Charles University for for your study? Uh, yeah, well, the most interesting classes were, of course, um, like doing something with data. Um, because it was new new for me. Um, then also one of my favorite one, uh, it was a pornography as a vehicle of technology, like a change of technology. So we had this like totally serious um, half semester or semester subject about how pornography uh, changed the like ways of technology and uh, and stuff like that. So it was fun. I never knew that like paywalls and everything is uh, actually based on on watching porn and how to like get money from porn. So it was fun, <laughs> but overall, it there were a lot of things about our philosophy of technology. So we had this subject that was based uh, mainly on watching Metrics uh, with Keanu Reeves, the, the movie, and we were analyzing it through the perspective of different philosophers. It was fun. Mm, I see. Yeah. So, so you learn a lot about um, like the the humanity side of, of using technology, right? The, the, all the implication of how um, they uh, might affect our um, society, right? Yeah, that's true. Because the the new media studies, uh, there are a lot of influences from game studies, from uh, marketing, from news online, from the relationship of people and technology and how it works in on a day day-to-day -day basis so there are a lot of a lot of fun things to to know and to think about and to learn about and so during your time uh, at Charles you know you also did a one-year residency in the social media team of a new media department at track TV so uh, what were some of the interesting projects that you were involved with well, it was a roller coaster of, of different experiences, actually, uh, because the first thing I started with was social media marketing of TV shows. So basically, there were crime shows, comedies, quiz shows, and stuff like that. And I, my main um, role was to come up with the marketing plans and to execute them, basically. And at the same time, it was the year of 2014, so it was the uh, Olympics in Sochi, mm -hmm. and we did uh, online coverage, like social media coverage of uh, of all the events when our uh, sportsmen and sportswomen were. And then the biggest one and the the most challenging one was uh, the where the elections. Uh, there were actually two of them. There were parliamentary elections to the Czech Parliament. And at the same the same year, there were European elections, and we had multiple live sessions, and we supported them with social media and using Twitter for the first time uh, in the live public TV broadcasting. So, and the Twitter at the time was just beginning; it was just at the beginning uh, in Czech Republic. So it was challenging. It was fun at the same time, and we worked quite a lot on that and it was fun it was like the best thing we we, we worked on mm, I see. Yeah. right uh, so basically you work in a team of like uh, a lot of people and then you you uh, do all the social media coverage of these events right would they, would they what's what's like the, the main challenge you know you you get uh, from that experience um we were actually a small team we were just five for the for okay. the whole TV. But we had an enormous help from all the web editors and people around us. So it was fun. But the most challenging part about this job was um, the long shifts. We, like, sometimes we had to work uh, around, like, 12 hours a day in the, like, during Sochi and during the European elections when we were preparing that. And 
it was also challenging um, because it was the first time when I uh, was working with uh, like TV teams like the, who were just like solely broadcasting and they were like the TV TV news teams and we had to explain them that to use social media in the broadcasting is a good idea and it that it will help the the TV to get uh, like better reviews and maybe even more more people to to watch them and stuff like that mm-hmm, yeah well i'm i'm always fascinated in how you know you know people working in like um live broadcasting and television works it seems like you know this is a very um uh fast live live work style right like you have you'll be constantly up to date with things and things of that nature yeah it's the best thing about it is that you always have this level of adrenaline in your blood and you're just like always just you know you you, you need to be on the top of the wave of what's happening we also oh that's true we also covered the ukraine the maidan the the, the events around that that was we like so in in this um thing we needed to uh, fact check all the photos and videos that were coming from Ukraine. So that was another challenge, big one actually. And yeah, so it's it's a quick lifestyle, and but it's it's fun to do that. Yeah, I I can see it. Uh, and and I, I suppose that you develop your passion for um, online marketing, digital news, and consumer behavior from the time there. So. What was like the best career lesson that you got out from your time at Track TV? Best lesson. Um, the best lesson was like that you actually to to do something in social media, you need more people than just just uh, solely yourself. So there are, like different things you you can cover with uh, more people than just you and also that there are like so many target groups that you really need to analyze first what you want them to do or what you want them, them to say or what you want to say them and then you can like start working with them it's just like always needs to plan before executing anything mm-hmm. awesome um, and so um, seems like your first professional role working with data was with uh, social bakers right and uh, a social media marketing company so um, tell me more about how you got the position uh, as well as uh, your time working there. Um, it was uh, as a lot of things in my professional life is uh, just happening by accident. So that this was uh, another one, happy one actually, because the head of uh, my department uh, was uh, was working for social bakers and he needed an intern to execute some minor minor tasks. So he asked me if I want to. Uh, get this job and I was like yeah sure and I was supposed to stay only for three months or maybe even less but then I stayed for almost two years and we were working together so he was head of my department at the university and at the same time he was my boss ordering me around so yeah so so yeah uh, tell me more about some of the projects you worked at Trisha Baker's well most of them were um, marketing analysis of social media of different companies. Um, I remember we were doing something for Lenovo or um, usually beauty brands or even some like food brands like McDonald's and and you know you just we were just basically looking into their Facebook or Twitter or Instagram accounts and uh, analyzing uh, from the marketing point of view what they're doing uh, wrong what they're doing right what uh, uh, their competitors are doing and what they should should like change in the in the tonality in the way how they communicate in the usage of uh, i don't know images or videos and stuff like that so that was like the kind of like agency work part but what was most like the, the, the like most fun I had so far was um, actually developing like different solutions uh, to analyze uh, social media data. So we basically were working with social network analysis, and we were just harvesting data from Facebook or Instagram or Twitter like before we uh, before the APIs were shut down. 
recently, and we were just doing these like graphs of maps of different um, different accounts, and we were trying to find influencers or some important topics in the in the clusters and stuff like that. So that was fun. <laughs> yeah, the social bakers suit, right? It's a map. It's a it's like a platform that use machine learning to help brands make smarter investment in social media, right? Yeah, and, that's uh, true. Yeah, so you you mind giving some information on how, how it works, how that platform works? Well, I actually don't know that because um, we were a research and development uh, department. So things that were happening uh, in the products that Social Baker was using and offering to clients, it was something that I don't, like, I never had a chance to discuss it with anyone. I like knew about people who were programming it and what's the philosophy uh, behind that, but I don't really like know what's uh, what's like um, below of, of, of those things. So yeah, no worries, no worries. <laughs> well, talking about programming, um, uh, you you choose R, you know, as your main programming language to learn data science during your time here. Uh, and you know why R and how has your learning journey has been like? Uh, well, R I started with R also by an accident. Well, may, like it's better to say that one day a boss from like my boss from Social Bakers came to my desk and gave me an R exercise book and told me that I need to learn it because I will use it in at the job. So um, that was how I started to learn R. I like never knew about it before that, and it's I say it's a love hate relationship because uh, sometimes it's like contraintuitive, you know, like when you're just like doing something, it doesn't seem to be right, but it's right after all. So, but it's um, but it's like it's interesting. It's sometimes it's exhausting. It, you need to, and that's what I need to learn all the time is uh, statistics because I'm more from like humanities like field, and so I'm not really mathemat mathematician. So that's uh, that's quite difficult for me sometimes. But thanks to DataCamp, who have amazing exercises when I can. Um, train myself in these in these topics it's getting like easier and easier and also the the he, the all the whole community of our studio and around it like Hadley Wickham and and people around him are uh, amazing so that's how and where I need I I'm usually looking for uh, for for some resources to to learn R yeah yeah definitely I um I took a few courses on Datacom myself as well, learning both R and Python, and you know the the the, the lesson is has been pretty effective. You know, you, you do live coding, right, for for the exercises and, and stuff, so you get that kind of get that um, instant gratification. You see, your code works, right? Um, yeah, that's true. And uh, yeah, and and it, it seems like you know, like you mentioned about the community of R users, you know, very active on on Twitter with with all that things. And most of the people that I Kind of file online who 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 giving back are like active users of R in our studio. So yeah, totally uh, agree with sort of that um that um community aspect that you can that you can rely on uh, when learning data science. But the the best thing is that everyone you you ask on Twitter about R is like usually quite like really helpful, and everyone. Like wants to help you and uh, will give you enormous amount of uh, resources. You can dig like deeper into that, which is something that's helping me all the time, actually. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so within data science, you did mention earlier, but uh, you you focus more on like uh, social network analysis. So mm -hmm. um, can you share with the audience what that discipline is about? Well, it's basically about finding. Um, where, how, and like through which channels the information flows. You basically have the data and you uh, build on them, like from them you build uh, a network of nodes uh, with edges that have like different 
different weights and different um, directions. Yeah, that's the word I wanted to use. And so you can find um, like clusters of people who are similar to each other based on, I don't know, their like the text analysis of their tweets or um, of their opinions. A lot of, or, or even just how they how they follow each other on Twitter on or Facebook or anywhere else. It's it's quite fun to do that. It's sometimes challenging because you don't like right now. I'm struggling with getting the data from social media because of the of like uh, uh, like after Cambridge Analytica and every everything in like around that. So um, okay. yeah, but it's fun yeah. and it's. You, you, but but though it's, um, I know that a lot of people are afraid of it, kind of like scared by that because you need to know how to interpret in, interpret the the graphs first, so you can actually um, do them because otherwise it's just a graph with uh, nodes and edges and you don't really know what to do with that. So mm-hmm. that's sometimes discouraging for people when they when I talk with them and they're just like, no, I don't want to do this. It's just too hard for me. And it's like, yeah, you just need to learn how to interpret those data and you'll be fine. Uh, I saw that you uh, you were defending your, your master thesis about Czech journalists on Twitter for your degree, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you just kind of mentioned that briefly, but uh, can you share, the, share with the audience some more details about uh, your thesis project? Well... I didn't use social network analysis, even though I wanted to at the first, but we, um, well, I used uh, a K-means algorithm. Mm -hmm. I had uh, around, like, almost 500 uh, accounts of Czech journalists on Twitter, and I gave each of them, like, eight aspects of, that I wanted to analyze by K-means. So, right now, I have sort of a map of these almost 500 journalists like uh, based on um, how they communicate with uh, their audiences if they are exclusive or if they're uh, they are um, not really talking or if they're like, like talking more with people also if they retweet more or if they share just their like own content and all these, like, there were just, I think there were eight aspects uh, that I was analyzing. And now I have, like, map of those people. And we'll probably do some more with that. But I need to figure out figure out what to do with that in, in, a, in the future. What were some of the interesting findings that you found out so far about, like... Um, well, interesting for me was... Uh, the fact that people I thought that wouldn't be um, like talking with um, their audiences so much were um, were actually talking a lot with their uh, with their audiences, but they were because we have like some of the journalists who are more like celebrities, um, so they are like really well known in uh, in the public sphere. So I thought that okay, he's or she's a celebrity, so he's probably just, like, uh, you know, sharing his or her work. Um, they're not really talkative with, like, common people on on, uh, on Twitter, but it was, like, the results were uh, different, completely different. So my hypothesis was, like, totally wrong. So, yeah, that was something, like, yeah, so that was quite uh, quite surprising, and like all the other things, you would you would need to know how the the Czech media system works. So I can explain it to you. So this was just like about like celebrities, not not acting like celebrities on on Twitter. Also, during your time, you know, uh, during your, your time were working, um, I mean, studying at Charles, you um, you also learned a role as a, a digital marketing marketing specialist at. Um, I need to say this right. I don't, I don't understand Czech, but uh, the Les Nako is that a, a gym in Prague and a community uh, of, of health enthusiasts. Um, well, um, it's Jelas oh, okay. Like <laughs> I'm not. No, no, no. Don't worry. Uh, I'm not surprised. You, you would be. You would need to be like really good at Czech to to say that. <laughs> but it was a nice try, actually. Um, yeah. The, yeah. So it's a gym in uh, based in Prague. 
And just so you know, uh, the name uh, is translated into Iron Ball because uh, it uses the kettlebells, like the those like balls with handles, like iron ones, no, no, yeah, to, ex- to exercise with. So that's where where the the name ca- came from. And yeah, so that was yeah, that was my job. I was I was a marketing specialist there. We did basically my my role was to come up and execute campaigns on uh, Facebook and yeah on Facebook to like attract more clients to the gym and also we were doing a lot of like comic book style campaigns even offline in the streets in Prague and we even got mentioned in some marketing magazines as a good practice to promote gym in some other ways than just showing muscles uh, on the posters and stuff like that so it was fun mm, I see so a lot of like creative work right yeah 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 we were just like doing all yeah we were just being creative like all the time mm-hmm. just because at the, at the time I needed to switch from like solely being a data analyst to be more creative so that was why I, I got this job yeah I mean good practice it's, it's good for you to kind of step outside of your uh, your perspective a little bit and then got exposed to um different different ways of thinking right um and so after that you also work briefly as the project manager for zesnam which uh based on my research is like the most visited web portal and search engine in the czech republic um yeah can you tell me more about the company and also share the projects that you you manage you know where you're Uh there Okay, so Sysnam is, uh, it started as a, it's a, it's a, one of the oldest Czech uh, tech companies. It started as a search engine and now it's a huge competitor for Google in Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. Actually a successful one because uh, a lot of people who are like older, I mean like above 30, above 50, they are usually using Sysnum as their main search engine, and mm-hmm. Google is more for uh, younger younger uh, audiences and y- younger users. And they have like different different um, um, different services. Uh, you can I don't know use them to find you a job, to find you um, a house, to uh, exchange things and buy things. Uh, they now even have their own TV actually. They started recently, and I was working for uh, an online TV at the time. It was called Stream, which is run by by Sesnam, and I was basically doing the same thing as I was doing in the Czech TV, but in a in a private sphere. And so there were just another um, TV shows to market, um, and yeah. So that was basically what I was doing in the, like public TV. But I figured out that um, I was, like, too old for two-hour shifts, which was, uh, like, just from the from the notion of, like, TV being online, it means you're 24-7 somewhere, so you need to need to care about it. And I was working, like, a lot of work, a lot of hours, and I was, I figured out that I'm just too old for that. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, um... And so outside of your job, I also saw that you used to uh, volunteer as a mentor for Chechesta, which is a, a non-profit organization focused on educating girls about programming, data analysis, and uh, graphics. So, you know, can you tell me more about that? Yeah, Chechitas is, um, as you said, it's for girls to... Be to get to know more about IT, about uh, all the things that you can do with technology, and also it's a great platform to empower girls and women to to do this and to uh, pursue their career in in technology because um, it's not that common to have girls in uh, in IT in Czech Republic, and uh, th- that's what uh, Czechitas are trying to do. So I was just briefly in like three or five lectures as a, as a, as a tutor. So I was, um, in one that was about Python programming, like the basics of Python. 
also HTML and CSS and yeah, that might be all. Uh, talking about like um, getting involved with the local community, so how would you uh, describe the data science community in Prague? Um, we are really great guys. I mean, uh, <laughs> there are a lot of different uh, branches uh, because there are a huge group of Pythonists, like people who are around Python. Um, the community around R is rather small, but uh, quite enthusiastic. Uh, the meetups are usually really interesting because um, there are a lot of people from like sociology, from psychology, um, people from uh, business solely. Uh, I know about people who are doing the sports stats in hockey and uh, in baseball and basketball. And then there are people who are doing more with media. So it's like a really colorful community of people. And then you, of course, have a huge um, business intelligence community. I think that's, that would be the biggest uh, of uh, the people of the communities in data science in, in, in Czech Republic. But it's true that even though you're like from different branches, you can always like talk with each other. Uh, I know that we have like just like big groups on Facebook where we share information and jobs uh, to to cover and uh, different problems and everyone is really helpful so I think we are really good over in like in technology people from Czech Republic are um, really good mm -hmm. and uh, we're friendly I would say and I also saw that uh, you travel quite often to other European cities. Um, and, I mean, I, I you know saw some of your posts on Facebook that you've been to like Copenhagen and Stockholm recently. Um, yeah. So I I actually like very fascinated about like Scandinavia in general because so I during my um, my time in, in uh, my undergrad I uh, studied for four months in Copenhagen, and so oh. I uh, yeah and uh, you know I also like visit Stockholm for like a week during my time there and I absolutely love it you know like um, kind of the whole culture of, of Scandinavian is really cool and you know the, the tech scene especially also blooming so how would you sort of describe like the, the data, data science scenes in those cities? Well I'm not really sure about the Copenhagen one because I was there for the um, academic uh, conference like social media and society and, but the the one in Stockholm is um, it's one of the best tech scenes uh, in Europe. I think they they've got interesting projects, um, like amazing amazing companies who are working um, on like different problems. They're solving uh, a lot of things you wouldn't even know. Like you you wouldn't even thing that they need to be solved and they're using using technology in, in uh, a lot of various and like really interesting ways but what I love the most about Stockholm uh, tech scene is the openness to uh, to women mm -hmm. there's the there are a lot of um, like um, how I like pro there's more like projects or initiatives uh, to um, to get more women into this tech scene um, there's also a huge startup scene, so I don't really know how the how how it works in Denmark and Copenhagen, but I assume it would be more or less the same. A lot of companies has been sponge out from from like Stockholm, um, and yeah, I mean it seems like the 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 cities you know has like that sort of um, ecosystem, right? Uh, that that facilitate like entrepreneurship and and tech startup. So you know, definitely. Well, that's true. Yeah, there's also. This initiative moved to Stockholm, I think it's called, and uh, it's basically uh, an, an initiative for people, like professionals from the technology fields, uh, that should like that wants to want to help people to move to Stockholm to work in the tech scene, mm -hmm. and uh, this initiative is like helping people to get it like qu more quick in the, in, a, in a quicker way. Uh, without any problems, just like trying to like like get you from your country and drop you in uh, into the Stockholm just without you 
like even noticing that you actually uh, you actually move somewhere else and you just can start work working uh, immediately. So that's that's something that's really impressive from from the from the my point of view. Mm-hmm. I see. Um, so you also maintain a, a Facebook page called Data Hawker. Um, yep. What types of content that you often share on that page? Um, well, it's um, it used to be a platform for me to try some social media tricks, and it ended up being uh, quite respected in data science and social media community in Czech Republic. Surprising, surprisingly for me. But I usually share um, articles uh, that somehow involves like or evolves around. Um, social media data analysis, uh, or how can you use data to do either good or bad? Um, also, I now focus more about on uh, on data privacy issues, and yeah, sometimes I share some tutorials when I have time to write them, and yeah, so it it's it like sometimes I. I I recommend books or, or courses uh, on data cam. It really is like Carl for it's it's uh, like content which I hope uh, help people to um, like get more into the data science and uh, data analysis mm. in general. Definitely. Um, I, I, I also see that you know you're very active on Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, <laughs> what would be your advice you know for uh, aspiring data scientists who want to improve their social media presence? Well, I think there's been a lot of resources about this topic written already, but what works for me is um, start a blog or use Twitter or Facebook as your blogging platform. Um, that's one thing that if you want to share your work with people and want to discuss it and get better in that, it's the easiest way you can do uh, is uh, by blogging. Uh, also, yeah, share what you're working on. Like, even though it's just snippets of code or some like minor ideas or problems you're dealing with, it's uh, there are a lot of people who are struggling with the same or wh- were struggling with the same or um, yeah, just like need to know about some some topics more. So that's also how to how to connect with more people and how to like have your brand online and also what what works the best not like the best but what works a lot is when you share your fails <laughs> there, are, there are always people who will help you and who will say like yeah it's happening all the time we we've all been that, been there so that's something that's also quite interesting to share and also another thing is just like reach out to people talk with people online offline on the conferences um, I don't know, during meetups, just like build your, um, like the pool of contacts you can use and ask people about like things you don't know where to go or, or how to solve. And yeah. And then you've got like a bunch of marketing guides, like the consistency is the key and find your niche and, you know, just like all these things, but just do it naturally and just like connect with people and it will come up. So these days, I mean, you you just mentioned earlier, but you you know write articles and give lectures about uh, data privacy as well as uh, mental health issues that connected to using social media. Um, so yeah. given given your knowledge, um, what would you uh, recommend for the normal social media users to uh, pay attention to while using those services? Well, uh, don't share what you don't want want to be like shared with. Well, maybe I could I could say the more more understandable way is like decide if what you are sharing is really necessary to share and always always like what works for me is uh, can I tell things I want to share on Facebook Twitter or anywhere else can I say these things in person to anyone from my friends or to my parents or to my grandma without being um, you know, harsh, abusive, or uh, without uh, like having some major backlash uh, going my way afterwards. So that's something. Also, don't use ev- like don't share everything. Um, like don't share personal data. Like 
where are you who are you with unless it's something that um like totally uh uh like harmful i would say like you don't really want to say hey i'm going on a vacation and then uh put uh, uh, a picture of your house on the on facebook because there are a lot of lot of examples where uh, people came back from vacations uh, and their house were robbed to to the ground. So hmm. that's something. Yeah, just be cautious about the data because, like, every single platform is harvesting your data and is using it to to for uh, for like to other companies, and you are just being harvested. It's like Matrix, actually. It's like when Neo. Um, wake up wakes up in the in those like pots and he figures out that all the humankind is just being harvested on it's just like the same with our data we we put online so just be cautious what you're what you're sharing like one of those um um versioning uh, issues right given especially recently with like all the uh, gdpr uh, emails yeah, from from different companies and i suppose I, i suppose you receive a lot of that as, as well um yeah. So, what are general thoughts on um, the current state of like digital journalism, given its negativity associated with you know data privacy and, and fake news, things like that? Well, um, it's a huge topic right now in Czech Republic uh, regarding like fake news and disinformation or misinformation in general. Because, um, as you probably know, and as the audience probably know, we used to be a part of Soviet Union. And um, we still have a lot of, like, even though we are a free country for almost 30 years now, we still have some, like, influences trying to get into our, our politics and uh, into the society. Basically, they're coming usually from, from Russia or, um, you know, just like you can see the the things and the narratives coming from from those from the the country and because they are usually all the same as in uh, other parts of Europe but we just like have our piece of that and we're like finding against it and it's true that there are a lot of new and uh, uh, like news and new media outlets of high quality who are trying to explain uh, these topics to people so they can like get into because usually these topics are really tangled and uh, no one knows what is true and what is not and disinformation sites uh, like websites are doing like really good work with um, you know just putting like some Some, like a little bit of true into a lot of lies and a lot of people are just uh, confused what is true and what is not so that's what's a big um, thing about uh, our like digital journalism or journalism in general in Czech Republic and I think there are a lot of a lot of media outlets that are doing their job uh, in, a, in a great way so that will hopefully help from reading some of your recent uh, blog posts I saw that you um plan to pursue a, a PhD degree, right, in um, Syracuse University, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's so, true. That's the plan. <laughs> so how, how, you know, how has your application process been like and uh, what are your long-term goals, you know? Uh, well, I'm, right now, I'm in the middle of learning for GRE, mm -hmm. uh, for the math, uh, like quantitative uh, part and for the verbal part. To be honest, uh, since it's been a long time from uh, like since high school, which like and basically the, the mathematical part of GRE is mostly about high school mathematics, I'm kind of scared how uh, how the the results will be, but we'll see. I'm not giving up, but it's hard for me actually. And the verbal part is just like I was just recently talking with someone, and and he was like, yeah, you know, it's 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 the thing that these tests are supposed to um, test even the in a hard way. They, they're supposed to test the native speakers. So for me as a foreigner who's, uh, who's like English is my second language, it's kind of hard and yeah, so that's the thing. But we'll see. I hope it will all come up together 
because I would really love to would really love to go to Syracuse and work with those people because I think that their research is amazing and mm. they're um, they're fun to be around and very resourceful. So we'll see. But so if but if the 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 Syracuse won't work, I'd probably. Um, look around in Sweden or in uh, in Denmark because yeah. I al- also love uh, love Nordic countries and always wanted to like spend more time there than just um, for for trips so it might be another another yeah, path so, to uh, go on yeah yeah um, well I know for like PhD program in the US um, the focus probably gonna be like the the admission com- committee you know they I think they're gonna emphasize a lot more on your potential to do research, you know, for, for yeah. PhD. And, um, I mean, GRE obviously play, you know, some, some part, you know, your personal statement probably going to play some part in even your GPA in, um, in college probably going to play some part. But I think, you know, as long as you kind of show that um, capability of doing original research on the field uh, mm-hmm. that, that you want to get, get into, then um, that probably going to outweigh, you know, every other criteria when you're being considered for 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 the program you know um yeah that's that's what i hope for <laughs> yeah yeah what what typical yeah what specific sort of uh research you know uh projects that you were interested in from the professors there well um i'm well basically i like want to go through the path of digital humanities and base my I think that um, I will stay on the like me- news media um, in the in the news media field and uh, through social network analysis. I want to like see how the like news are flowing into the network and who are the gatekeepers, who are not, from the point of view of this information and who are the producers and what are the like usual um, ways how the information flows if there's some patterns if you can generalize uh you know some some like ways the the information flow or not if it's just like totally random system or if you can like pinpoint one or two people who are just like or not even people it might be media it might be like institutions and stuff like that so yeah so that's some it's it's rather um like general idea i need to like sit on it and work uh, like think about it a bit more but that's uh that's a starting point for me right now well great yes um uh, well uh, at this point of uh, our conversation uh, i'm gonna move on to the closing segment in which i'm gonna you know uh, ask you a couple of quick questions um uh, with um with the goal is to have the specific actions that the audience might might take away you know um, okay. So the first one, well, this one probably gonna tell us specifically for you, even the background. But uh, what are some of the journalism and media companies which are doing exceptional data work that you admire? Um, don't know about journalism one, but um, I love and admire Netflix and Spotify in mm-hmm. uh, in the way how they doing um, data science with their uh, with the data of their users. Because Netflix is basically um, building their like series or shows on uh, on data about people and about their uh, customs and stuff like that. That's some that's interesting. And yeah, so the same same does the, the Spotify. So and it's in Sweden. So obviously, I love them even more and I really appreciate their work and love the because I use Spotify daily. Uh, I see how it works and how it knows my taste. And how it helps me to find new new music and new bands and new new artists and that's that's really helpful. Yeah, I mean both of those companies invest a lot on like um, recommendation system, right? Like you, yeah. you use your technology to you know yeah. uh, rely on uh, past user data to to recommend potential items that um, that uh, they're gonna like. And I personally did some projects on that, so you know definitely agree with you. Those are some really cool companies that um, to to look into. Um, yeah. The second question is that: uh, What is one book that you could recommend for people who want to develop a better analytical mindset? 
Well, I was thinking about this one uh, since you sent me the the questions beforehand, but I didn't like pick. I can't pick up just like one book because I don't really know like which helped me to um, to to like develop a better analytical mindset. But what works for me is um, like trying to solve problems on a regular basis. I mean, if even if you just play games like logical games. It's something that makes your brain to like shift to more analytical approach of of things. So I think I I know it will I will sound like old, but even Sudoku is is good for uh, your analytical mindset and you know just like to trying to think about like what are the next steps you can do and yeah. So I don't really have book, but I I just I just like really like to think about things, um, trying to figure out why something works the way it works. Just like, don't be lazy and, and think more, I guess. <laughs> um, last question is that, um, imagine that you can send out a tweet to all the aspiring data scientists on Twitter. What would you tweet about? Uh-huh. Well, thank God we have uh, 280 characters right now because I wouldn't be able to fit it in just 140. But... I think it would be, uh, the tweet would be um, that the science can be very overwhelming field, but it pays off. You can learn marvelous things, even though at first you think you can't. And important one, find a mentor and stick to him or her like a glue and have him or her in your corner because eventually you will need it. And always be nice to people. That's something you need to be, like all the time. <laughs> Right, be nice to people, right? Yeah. Um, well, that's a brilliant way to end our conversation. I um, want to thank you personally for, you know, um, speaking with me on, on this episode and for sharing your, your experience um, working in a variety of, um, you know, social media and, and data company in, in Prague. Definitely a lot of the audience uh, doesn't know beforehand about sort of the technology scene you know in there and probably uh have some some uh, wondering about that but um yeah best of luck with uh, some of your current projects with your thesis as well as your uh, application process for um your phd degree in the u.s and uh yeah we'll talk soon thank you yeah thank you thank you so much for having me and and for asking me these interesting questions it was my pleasure Well, that's the wrap for another episode of DataCast. Hopefully, you have learned something insightful and interesting from my guest today. You can read the show notes from the podcast website at datacast.simplecast.fm. If you want to get instant updates when a new episode is released, either follow me on Twitter or subscribe to my newsletter on my website, jameskelly.com. It is my greatest pleasure that you listen to this podcast and take advantage of the data revolution coming upon us. Goodbye for now.